Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to examine how predictive analytics and driver scorecards can improve safety in the trucking industry. Modern fleets are collecting vast amounts of data on their operations through in-cab technologies and back-office software. But how can trucking companies harness that information to improve safety? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. But before we begin, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on this topic and other important industry issues by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws ttsubscribe. You can also text TTSubscribe to 571-622-0001. And now, to learn more about improving safety and reducing risk in the freight transportation industry, I'm thrilled to bring in Hayden Cardiff, Founder and Chief Innovation Officer at Idelic. Thanks for joining us, Hayden. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Seth. So during this conversation today, I'd really like to discuss how fleets can use technology to help empower their drivers to be safer, prevent crashes, and reduce risk. And I know that's right in your wheelhouse at Idelic. You know, Idelic, of course, offers a, a driver performance management system that consolidates and analyzes data on driver performance. So just to get us started, uh, just tell us a little bit more about how that works and how it can help fleets improve safety and help drivers be at their best. Yeah, and that, that's really the key, Seth. I mean, I think you hit it on the head. It's really about how do we help lower losses? How do we help predict and prevent crashes? And really, how do we help drivers feel like they're being watched after and not watched over? And I think that's a really important distinction. So it really kind of breaks down to the two main pieces, right? And I think that's it kind of aligns with what safety and risk management ultimately is. You have how do I understand and identify which drivers do I need to coach and the why behind the you know, what's driving the risk? And then how do I actually coach to change behavior? And so those are the two pieces that we really focus on and we really help fleets leverage tools to, to be able to, uh, to, to meet those needs. And it really comes down to how do we help give you the tooling to, to really enable the philosophical approach of being able to leverage all the data that you have to be able to engage with drivers at the right time in the right moments, be able to use more than just a, a single you know critical event or a single kind of category of uh, you know of uh, event recorders, kind of go beyond that to be able to leverage and identify based on incidents, accidents, the FMCSA, even looking at some of the things like driver tenure and demographic and where they're running and the types of routes, like all those things are incredibly important. And so we can be able to to leverage that. We'll talk about some machine learning, I I believe here as we keep going, but being able to leverage that predictive analytics to identify drivers who are at risk, but then more importantly, being able to enable your team to scalably coach those drivers to most effectively change driver behavior. 
and from what we've seen, it really goes beyond just the, you know, identity, you know, engaging a driver on one-off telematic events and being able to really put together holistic coaching plans, have multiple voices in the room, be able to really track driver progress as they move forward. So when you combine those two things together, the results are very, very impactful. Yeah. You mentioned uh, predictive analytics and, you know, of course, this is a, a way to help you know, identify, you know, risky drivers, risk, risky driving behavior. So fleets can address it proactively, right? You know, it's not just, you know, waiting until it's too late, you know, after the fact, responding, you know, after an incident or a close call occurs, you know, this is more about getting on the front end of this. And uh, just, you know, tell us how this more proactive approach to, to safety, you know, how does that change a fleet's overall safety program when you're really trying to get ahead of it rather than, uh, again, kind of chasing uh, and addressing problems, after the fact. Yeah, when you can when you can really be proactive, you do a couple things. And I, I think like the 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 easy answer there is you can start to you know jump in and coach before a major event happens, and that's obviously the the key goal. But I think the other piece that goes oftentimes overlooked is when you're engaging and coaching a driver before a major event happens, the conversation fundamentally shifts. Right. Like if you're after a crash or after a major event or after a, a pretty serious pattern has kind of uh, developed, you're having a much harsher tone. Uh, you're having to jump through much higher degrees of progressive discipline. Like you're at that stage where it's like you better ship up or we're going to have to move on from you. Like you're go you're not going to be a part of this fleet anymore. And that type of conversation, again, drives defensive behavior from drivers. They are. Uh, sometimes, you know, combative and, and it's not conducive to really having um, the type of open dialogue that you want. Whereas if you jump in more proactively and predictively, now you can be an advocate for that driver. You can come in and, and literally say, look, I, I'm not here to get mad at you. I'm here to help you see and understand that you're trending toward a direction that might not get you home safe tonight. And you and I, your family, none of us want that. Let's work together on addressing the behavior. You're a professional driver. You, you know you know what to do. We want to work with you on changing those behaviors and we want you to be here for the long haul. And I think that level of context is so important to gaining buy-in from the driver and also your managers who are doing the coaching, right? Like that level of buy-in allows drivers to actually know that you care and actually want to change and be a part of your culture. Yeah, well, let's dig into that a little bit more, you know, because I think that driver coaching element is so important. And of course, if you have the safety data and some of this more predictive analytics information to uh, assess, you know, which drivers are most at risk, you know, you, you're going at this, you know, with a you know real game plan rather than uh, and more solid information. But uh, you know, as you put it, you know, it's there's a way to do this constructively, and also uh, there's a way that it just comes off as punitive to the driver and you know, when you also consider, you know, the trucking industry's longstanding, you know, workforce related challenges and driver turnover rates, uh, surely it's, it's better to find a way to, to be constructive and help a driver be at their best rather than uh, a more punitive approach. Uh, so maybe just give us some examples of some of the best practices you see among your customers on, on driver coaching, you know, the ones that were really successful, uh, what tends to work the best? Yeah. So the, that's a really good question. So one of the things that we've seen as the most effective is really going beyond 
coaching on individual critical events and getting to an understanding of coaching on behaviors. So what do I mean by that? Like right now, if you look at industry best practice, it is I get a camera, uh, you know, critical event recorder, and I use that to both identify driver risk, but also to coach those drivers. Every one of those critical events come through. I, you know, I see them, I call the driver, I coach them, I mark it as coach complete. I'm trying to cover my bases from a litigation standpoint and I'm engaging those drivers, right? Like that is industry best practice at this point. The challenge with that is when you go and talk to a driver about a specific event, they are going to get defensive. Everyone I talk to, every time I bring this up, they're like, oh my gosh. And they have three or four different stories right off the top of their head of drivers getting defensive. But what do we expect? That's human nature, right? If you're com if you're coming at me for something that I did in a specific event, I will naturally try to defend my actions. That's just, that is again, human, that's human behavior. So how do you get away from that? Right? Because if I'm defensive as a driver, I'm not going to be open to change. So how do you actually get drivers to be open and willing and understanding that they need to change? And it's talking through patterns of behavior, right? So if you can identify not just who's at risk, but why, and you can identify the patterns of, that's driving that risk, you can now talk to that driver and say, look, you're a great driver. You've been here for X, X amount of months, years, whatever the case is, we want you to be here, but we're, we're seeing this type of pattern, right? If you were in my shoes, you saw this pattern with another driver, like, what would you see? What would you say? How would you coach? Right. Like those kind of things. Now you can start to really get the driver on your side to understand like, hey, there's something that needs to happen here. Let's work on it together. And now you can start to put together prescriptive plans. We like to talk about them as professional development plans. Right. Um, but you can call them what you want. But it's really this understanding of when you coach, it has to be a give and take. Right. Just lobbing over an online training isn't good enough. Right. You have to be able to coach but then be able to engage multiple touch points across multiple weeks, because that's how people learn. That's how you can track behaviors actually changing. And best practice is getting multiple voices engaged as well. Maybe a driver manager, maybe a safety manager, terminal manager, whatever the case is. So now you have everyone kind of talking about a specific behavior, maybe it's speed management, defensive driving, and you have multiple touch points and the driver is hearing it from different voices. And when they when that happens, as opposed to these one-off individual events, drivers understand that there are behaviors that need to change and they start to buy in. And when they get that buy-in and then we, when they feel that you care about them, they actually change. And we've seen it play out in the data. Man, the, you know, we, we've seen uh, about a 60 to 70% improvement in critical event reduction in these plans. And that tipping point is generally at about 15 days, right? So it takes a couple of weeks of these plans to really show the, the you know, that, that tipping point. And, and so that's been really, really interesting to see play out in the data and our customers, uh, you know, have been obviously reaping the benefit of kind of making that shift. Yeah. No, that's uh, really helpful. I think, uh, and good guidance to, to think about for all the you know, safety departments out there, you know, not just responding to, you know, one particular incidence, but, uh, you know, looking more and speaking more to, to patterns of behavior. And, uh, I think that's a, you know, helpful and uh, insightful approach. Uh, you know, another, you know, major headwind for the trucking industry and you, you 
sort of touched on this earlier, you know, is the rise of nuclear verdicts and cases involving truck crashes. And of course, that's been driving up the cost of insurance in the trucking industry. You know, even if you're one of the safest fleets out there, your costs are going up. Um, but, uh, you know, there are some ideas on how to help address that. You know, technology can be part of it. And, you know, of course, Adelic is focused on, you know, mitigating risk and improving safety. So you're kind of right at the, you know, the, the center of the issue. Uh, so tell us how you're working with, you know, to help your customers translate their safety improvements into better insurance rates. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a really good question. And so there's a couple facets to this, right? Like, and the challenging part when it comes to insurance is there's no one piece of the equation, right? And even your insurance broker or provider, like, will have a hard time, uh, pinpointing a specific piece of why rates are going up or not, but it really, I mean, it boils down to losses, right? That's, that's what it all boils down to losses. I mean, driver turnovers in there, there's a lot of these different factors, but if you can improve your losses, your story, your conversation around renewals is going to be dramatically different. Now, the challenge though, that we've oftentimes faced or our customers have oftentimes faced is I can invest in technology, I can invest in safety process and risk management, and I can see improvements from, you know, you know, after making that investment. But the challenge is for insurance carriers, they don't know if that is a trend and you're going to continue to improve and that's a real, it's going to, there's staying power to that. Or if that's a flash in the pan, it's an anomaly, you just had a good year. And so for them, because they don't know that, they have to wait four, sometimes five years for th these law this loss history to really materialize before they can give you credit for that, right? And that's a challenge on both sides, right? Fleets obviously can, you know are taking the you know the brunt of that, but insurance carriers are as well. So I I you know we've seen it on both sides. So how do you again? How do you combat that? Well, being able to show not only am I improving my losses, am I, I am improving my accident rates. But there is a programmatic approach to why that's happening, right? There is a systematic way that you're doing and driving those results. And so when you can show that programmatic approach, now you're, you're highlighting that it is not, it's not just a flash in the pan. It's not just a good year. It's a trend. And so for us, that's, you know, when we go in and work with our customers, it's really around working with your broker, helping to understand and highlight all of the changes and the improvements that you're making, not just from, hey, I, you know, I, I lowered my losses, but why? Oh, well, I ha now have a proactive and predictive way to identify my most at-risk drivers. And it's feeding all of the data. And that's going to continue to happen. Oh, I'm also made these changes to my coaching program. I'm implementing professional development plans. I'm getting my driver managers and ops teams involved. They, the ones who own those relationships, are the ones engaging the drivers most frequently. I'm operationalizing safety, right? Like culture is being built. Like those are the things that help drive lower losses. And when you're doing that in a systematic way through a platform like an Idelic, for example, now you can show that off to your insurance provider and they can see and gain confidence that the losses you're seeing are going to only continue and improve year after year, not just you know revert back to what they were after a, a good year. So that's obviously one side. And then another big piece of, of where we've been focusing, knowing that this is a major challenge for our customers is we've actually launched the Idelic Insurance Agency. And so for us, being able to actually go in and provide insurance products to customers uh, who are using the Idelic Safety Suite is, is huge. It's a huge benefit 
um, to be able to, to kind of leverage for our current customer base, because we know when you use safety suite effectively, when you Im implement and apply these types of processes of identifying at-risk drivers, coaching based on the behaviors through those, predict those, uh, those plans, you're going to see strong results. I mean, on average, our customers lower losses by 20% in the first year. Like that's something that you can bank on. I mean, that's, it's really, really impactful, um, results. And so those are the kind of things that we, we help and aim to, to show ROI for our customers, especially on that insurance side. Yeah. And I think that's a topic that's not going away anytime soon. Fortunately, it's a, you know, really a, a rising cost of doing business and trucking. So anything the industry can do, anything individual fleets can do to, you know, improve their you know, safety profile, of course, uh, hopefully, you know, continues to translate into, uh, some, some savings and, and mitigating at least, you know, some of the higher costs on the insurance side. Uh, I wanted to, you know, go a little bit more into, uh, data, big data, of course, you know, companies today have access to this massive amounts of information, you know, that is coming from, you know, telematics, uh, systems, uh, from other sources, uh, IT systems across their operation. Uh, so really the, the biggest challenge today is oftentimes just figuring out how to actually use that data and make sense of it all. You know, and that's where you know, AI and machine learning come in to, to help really derive insights and patterns from the data. Then hopefully you can use that information to, to make better business decisions and, um, you know, or coach your drivers, uh, whatever the application may be. Uh, but just tell us a little bit more about how Idelic is using AI and ML today. And how do you see that expanding in the future you know, through the advance of technology? Yeah. So data is is critical, right? I, it, but it's funny to see like the transition and shift even over the last five to 10 years, right? Like beforehand, I think a lot of fleets would say we didn't have enough data. Now we're drowning in it. There's just so much data available and it's coming off of every device, every system. And it, it's just incredibly challenging to, to wrap our arms around. And so that's why I think, you know, it's been very, um, it's, you know, we've consistently seen fleets will, you know, invest in camera technology and it's easy to kind of have everything in, in your camera. You know, it's easy to kind of look at your camera system and say, all right, I, this gives me what's going on in the cab in the moment. All right, let me use this. This is great. So then they kind of use that to identify driver risk. But the challenge is there's so much data outside of that that you're liable for that plaintiff's attorneys know you have and are going to are going to you know, deconstruct and create their own narratives around with that data and so the question is how do we as fleets leverage all of that to be more proactive to be more predictive and that's where something like a machine learning can come into play and the beautiful part about it is you know when we look at scorecarding for example we insert our own bias our own beliefs that might not be fully accurate uh, but also we don't have the capability to start to really think through and analyze and implement the it depends scenarios, right? I oftentimes talk to fleets and say, all right, like, wh what do you think is more indicative of risk, a harsh braking or harsh or, or, or overspeed? And you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. And, and But it really ultimately boils down to it depends. Well, how fast were you going over, you know, how, how, how much overspeed were you going? Well, were you also tailgating in the, in the harsh braking? Where were you at in the city or, uh, you know, on a, you know, on a rural highway, uh, like, was it only one event or did it also proceed three or four other events? What was the driver's tenure? 
did it also, you know, were there a backing accident before or after in the last you know, couple of weeks? Like all of those things play into a part. And so it's so important when you're thinking about all of this data, understanding the relationship between these different events, understanding the, the, how one thing can affect and kind of augment the, the collective risk of others. And that's where machine learning really shines. Being able to understand and dissect the relationship and the dynamic nature of all these different events, plus the driver, him or herself. And so that's where at Idelic, we've got over 250,000 crashes in our system, over 40 billion miles of data that's looking at not just camera telematics, which we are huge fans of. Please, if you don't have cameras, go get cameras. They're so helpful. <laughs> but um, it, you know, that alone isn't sufficient. You've got uh, the ELDs and hours of service. You have FMCSA, you have incidents, accidents, driver, you know, the driver uh, demographics themselves, like all of those things need to play a part. And so, you know, we look at here's a crash. Here are all the behaviors that preceded that crash. That is a pattern of risk. And like I said, we have over 250,000 of these patterns to now be able to uh, run through and, and create these dynamic machine learning models to where if any one of the, you know, any one of the drivers that uh, of the fleets that we work with, we run them through that same predictive model. Now we can highlight who is matching those patterns, who is most likely to get into a crash in the next three months. That's kind of how we think through it. So there's enough time to coach, but not too far out in the future where it doesn't, you know, mean anything meaningful. So that, you know, that machine learning piece is incredibly important and it's only going to get more important as more data comes online, as, um, you know, as we can continue to dissect and drill down even further into subsets, subcategories of the types of fleets, types of drivers, types of routes, being able to, you know, even get dialed in even further. Um, it, it's going to continue to expand. And, you know, right now through the data that we're seeing, we can predict over 60% of preventable crashes with drivers at the top of the watch list. It's really, really impactful and indicative. Um, and so being able to have that level of detail is incredibly helpful when it comes to the, the coaching aspect and changing driver behavior. Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Road Signs podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Road Signs extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, we're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. Yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see this continue to uh, develop uh, over time. You know, a lot of... Uh, interest and focus on, you know, the future of machine learning and, and how it can, uh, you know, bring about a lot of changes to lots of industries, uh, and very much including transportation. But, you know, I, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, again, driver recruiting and driver turnover, you know, long time, you know, pain point for the trucking industry. 
And uh, yeah, technology, I think, can certainly be a factor in, in helping to address that. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, driver pay and, and uh, you know, uh, lifestyle improvements. There's also maybe a factor in, you know, how you're using technology in your organization can have uh, an impact. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll just ask you to speak to that. You know, how can a fleet's technology investments be a difference maker when it comes to, to driver recruiting and retention? Man, how much time do you have, Seth? Uh, this is a big, <laughs> this is this is huge, and I think um, you know even just a couple years ago, the the prevailing thought was, oh, you know, I'm losing out, you know, I'm losing out on drivers because I'm not paying enough, or they're just chasing, you know, drivers are chasing the next signing bonus, or they're moving because a couple cents, like, okay, maybe here and there, but on the whole, that driver onboarding and recruiting process is just as frustrating for the drivers as it is for you right? Like they don't want to hop around. They want to find a good fleet that they can grow with, that they can feel uh, connected to and a part of their brand. And so how do you create that? Well, and, and knowing that the vast majority of turnover happens in the first 90 days, it's an onboarding problem. And so technology is absolutely critical to this process, but it has to enable human engagement. Right. Like that's one of the things like as a technologist, as a as a provider and supplier of technology, we are still very, uh, very active in saying that, look, technology is only as good as the human engagement that it facilitates and fosters. Right. So one of the things that we've seen is expectation setting and delivery is the most important thing that you can do to help retain your drivers. Drivers are going to come into your fleet with certain expectations, whether you set them effectively or not, they have them. And so they leave because you're not meeting their expectations, right? You, they come in and you change the type of routes that they run or the amount of home time or whatever the case is, like if they're not getting what they were expecting, they're going to leave because they feel like you lied to them. This wasn't what, this isn't what they signed up for, whatever the case is. So how do you try to combat that? Right. Like we, a lot of our customers were, were really helping and, and guiding them to use those same professional development, professional development plan process that we facilitate for onboarding. Right. Imagine a world now where you have a system that helps to uh, kind of automate a process where a driver manager day one calls a driver and says, hey, thank you so much for coming to ABC Trucking. We're so glad you're here. And they have a list of you know questions and talk points to, to kind of dive through like. Hey, what, what got you excited to come here in the first place? What are your expectations for mileage, home time, take home pay, these different pieces, even getting into some, you know, some, uh, you know, some, some, you know, personal information around the driver, right? What they like sporting, uh, you know, th those different types of things. Now imagine a week later you get prompted to call this driver again. You can see, did we meet your expectations this last week? You know, Hey, you found out the driver's wife's name, Jessica. Hey, how's Jessica enjoying your transition to ABC trucking? Like those details matter. And I think every one of us can agree like, yes, that would be fantastic to be able to engage with the driver at that level, have that level of communication. You know, even two weeks in your payroll officer calls the driver and, you know, make sure the payroll went through correctly. Like, all that's great. The question is, how do you do that? I can't do that today because it's very challenging. So being able to use technology to make that process streamlined, easy, and automated, fantastic. But it has to facilitate engagement with the driver, that human touch, so they don't feel like they're in a robo process, but they're actually talking to someone who cares about them, right? Like, but if you've got 60 drivers as driver manager, you want to care about every one of them, but it's hard. Like, I don't, I, I can't 
remember like key details for a driver who just came on two weeks ago when I've got 58 other drivers, like that's hard. But when you can make that process easier for them, leveraging technology, now you can care about them. Again, create that culture where drivers feel like they're being watched after and not watched over. You know, and a quick follow-up to that, you know, that conversation, you know, of course, you know, telematics data and driver scorecards, you know, can also support performance-based pay programs and bonuses, you know, or, you know, even you know, just recognition for top performing drivers. Uh, so from what you've seen, Hayden, you know, how much value do you see in those types of incentive programs when it comes to uh, driver recruiting, driver retention? You know, does that really make a difference? Yeah. So again, this all this all comes down to that culture piece, right? Like when you're when you're driving a culture, this can be a fantastic way to augment that culture. We've seen a lot of our fleets that we work with use performance based bonus, safety based bonus to great success. We've also have had customers who are vehemently against it because their culture is to say we hire the best drivers, we pay you well. And that's the standard. So you should meet that standard. We're going to pay you well out of the gate. And if you're not meeting that standard, then you're not going to fit here. And so they don't necessarily bonus on top of that, right? So we've seen it work well on both sides. But I think the biggest thing that that I can say is it has to fit into your overall culture, right? Um, if your culture is to say, look, we want you here. We're excited to have you here. And, you know, we're going to incredibly incentivize uh, good behavior and, and safe behavior, Great. Add a safety bonus program. Make it super simple, easy to easy to attain. I think one of the biggest things is not making it binary, meaning um, it's not a hit or miss, but there's a, a a level or a grade of which you can achieve, right? So if I'm halfway through a month or a quarter, whatever the, the period is, and um, you know I you know I did something that would preclude me from getting the bonus, right? What am I going to do for the rest of the month or the or the quarter? I don't have any incentive to do the right behavior or be safe, right? So having kind of a way to, to get something, but not all, all of it like is really helpful to make sure drivers stay motivated. But again, like we can talk, happy to talk offline uh, with anyone who's interested on the best way to set up those types of programs, but we've seen those be very successful if backed by a strong culture and backed by managerial support, executive support, and other drivers who are kind of pushing the narrative of yeah, if you do this and do it effectively, you're gonna you're gonna make you're gonna make all kind of money. It's gonna be great. And I, I like the you know the sort of the, the broader conversation about safety culture because you talk to you know safety directors at some of the you know the safest fleets out there, and you know, oftentimes you know what they really point to and you know companies really trying to instill that safety culture and you know everyone in the organization, not just the drivers but the whole organization top down. You know, as a you know, technology supplier for the industry, uh, maybe just tell us a little bit more about how you know you can fit into you know your customer safety programs, you know, which are different from company to company, and and enhance those efforts and really kind of become a part of that program. Yeah, I, again, like every fleet is going to have is going to have their own flavor, their own you know initiatives and priorities, and how they engage. Like the operations are going to be different, so it's really important as a supplier, as a partner, to be able to kind of fit down into the specifics of how different fleets run and operate, but also kind of balance that out with hey, like what are what are best practices? What are we seeing that works really well with other customers? How can we help you implement some of those different pieces? And so um, it, it is it is 
critical to kind of thread that needle as a as a partner to be able to um, adjust to different needs and to but also to be able to provide uh, you know to be able to provide some kind of best practice. Good examples of that is just like in the professional development plan can process being able to jump in and highlight all right out of the box. Here are you know nine specific plans that we've we've kind of uh, distilled down from the thousands of plans that have been you know run and administered from all of our customers what's worked what hasn't so kind of giving that out of the box but then also being able to have flexibility in the platform to say okay well if you know this number of tasks doesn't work for you let's trim that down or hey you can't you know you're over the road you can't do a ride along great we'll do we'll switch that out with this type of uh, you know online training whatever the case is, being being able to have flexibility in the program and the platform itself um, to kind of drop down into the needs of what customers uh, what customers have and what they operate with, but also being able to come in and say, hey, I, I know you're doing this today, but let me walk you through what others are doing, what we've seen work really well. Hey, have you thought about this? And being able to, to kind of guide and steer them in a direction that they might have never thought about, right? Like that's the that's one of the major values of, of why fleets use third party vendors and providers is they have that overall visibility and scope to, you know, fleets want to be able to be guided. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you work with, you know, many customers. And so you have a, a different vantage point, uh, you know, before I let you go, uh, Hayden, I want to, I always like to end on a question that's you know kind of looking to the, to the future and, you know, so with that, I'd like to get your thoughts on you know, really the future of fleet management and safety technology in the trucking industry. You know, how do you see trucking raising the bar for driver safety further? You know, in the years ahead. Yeah, I think it's really th- this understanding and concept of an in integrated and uh, holistic view of drivers. And you know, we we obviously are, are really pushing and trying to facilitate this this interconnected tie between what's going on in the cab and all the things that are happening out of the cab, even the driver's demographic themselves, right? So that all of those things and all the, all those different lenses are super important to understanding and identifying driver driver risk, but then also this, you know, elevated coaching going beyond the individual, you know, one-off telematic events and going into more of this holistic approach is, is huge. And so the best way, and I would say, probably the only way to do that effectively and scalably is operationalizing safety. And so I'd say like the future of safety, the future of technology, the future of driver risk management, in my opinion, has to be this intersection of operations and safety coming together. You know, if you ask how many titled safety professionals a fleet has, typically you're on one hand. Even large organizations, right? You might get to two. Sometimes you might take off your shoes to have to count, right? Like that, like that's kind of the the level that you're at, right? But when you ask how many operations team members do you have, it's dozens, sometimes hundreds, depending again, depending on fleet size. We typically see about a ten to one ratio from from operations team members to titled safety professionals. How in the world, as a fleet, can you honestly say? You have a strong safety culture if your operations team members don't get involved, if they don't own safety KPIs, if they don't have safety conversations and coaching events with those drivers. Those ops team members are the ones who own the relationship with the drivers. They're the ones that talk with them the most. Talking with an ops team member doesn't or shouldn't feel like going to the principal's office, right? 
oftentimes safety does, right? So if it's only the if it's only the safety team members that are getting involved, it is you, you're behind the eight ball. And it's really challenging to be able to do the things again philosophically that we all know that needs to happen. Being the the way to identify, the way to coach, the multiple touch points, the multiple voices, like that's just really really hard or expensive. Uh, to, to be able to do it correctly. So that operationalizing safety to me is where the industry is heading and needs to head to continue to see the results that we're looking for. Uh, and I'm really excited about that because I've seen a good tide turn in the industry thus far. And I was on, I've been on so many conversations with fleets where they're starting to think through and adopt that type of mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, you know, you're you're certainly correct in that the opportunity exists to uh, you know to to raise the bar further, and you know, a big part of that is getting the whole organization involved. Everybody's a part of it. You know, it's not just for you know the safety director; it's for it's the it's the whole organization. But you know, I think this has been a, a great conversation. Um, you know, but we're at a good stopping point here, and and we ran a little bit long. So thank you for giving us a little bit of uh, extra time today. You know, you're busy out on the road and uh, quite a travel schedule, so. Appreciate you taking a little bit of time for this uh, conversation and uh, really appreciate you joining the podcast. Absolutely, Seth. Thank you as well. And I really appreciated the time. And uh, if anyone else has any other questions or want to dive in and, and talk shop, I'm happy to happy to continue the conversation. All right. Thanks again, Hayden. Appreciate it. Thanks, Seth. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How can trucking companies harness their data to improve safety and reduce risk? As we've heard during this episode, fleet operators are collecting a massive amount of data through telematic systems, onboard video, and back office software. Now the challenge and the opportunity is finding ways to truly utilize that information. When it comes to safety, there are clear opportunities to analyze this data in ways that provide a clearer picture of driver performance, which ultimately supports driver coaching, promotes a culture of safety, and in the end, hopefully prevents crashes. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.